0: Bridget Jones, what do you think? Do you think we should just make a Bridget, just just enough content for a Bridget Jones podcast? Is there a Bridget Jones podcast? I didn't even check before we started doing this.
1: It's a great question, we really should have checked. Um, I'm not aware of one. Um, You would think that Helen Fielding would have at least considered it to just keep the brand going. That's actually,
0: that's a great idea. Like update rather than writing columns. She could just have like a five minute podcast every day. (laughs) Or every right, it's just,
1: <laughs> just her in character as Bridget just interviewing people, um, the same way she did with Colin Firth, as we talked about last time.: Yeah.
0: Um, oh. let's see. There is hmm? there's a podcast called "The Swedish Bridget Jones.":
1: <laughs> Okay, love that.
0: A Swedish woman who channels her inner Bridget Anonymous non-judgment zone where we will talk about the weird dates, what it's like to be a woman in the mid-30s, and who always have strong likeness to Bridget Jones.
1: (laughs) Well. Is this an AI podcast? (laughs) So it wasn't what I was hoping, which would be like Bridget Jones, but voiced like the Swedish chef uh that's that's <laughs> where my that's where my mind went like you know like that's you know yeah. that's not what it sounds durp, like, durp, durp, know, like calories <laughs> uh, durp, durp. exactly so now that could be our podcast yeah i'm, I'm in the uh, midst
0: because... of the the muppet verse so i'm a little um, yeah yeah <laughs> um it's unfur- running deep yeah unfortunately last episode was was february 4th 2022 this appears to be a covid podcast Um, started in may um they did a good job doing it like every 10 days for oh uh no no quickly (laughs) quickly went went off yeah they only did about 10 episodes
1: well maybe they're just uh running on the binge time um, yeah. And they just do it whenever they can. And sometimes a year and a half goes by and that's, that's okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. There's still, the in, there's still the intention to record.
0: I hope so. Because I actually, maybe I'll start <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, just a sneak peek of what you can expect from me and this podcast. A lot of laughter. I like laughter. That sounds good sure. so far. I'm into it. Uh, crazy stories. That's, and life. And about <laughs> life.
2: Hmm. I wonder if this an huh.
0: interesting yeah. decision to for a Swedish person to write their copy in English. It's I'm not
1: sure. Or maybe they're just mm-hmm. using like Google Translate or something, but mm. I mean it's 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 fascinating. I mean, saying a woman in the mid-30s, is that mm-hmm. what you said? That's what it says. Yes. Yeah, yeah saying <laughs> saying the uh, is is fascinating, a fascinating choice there. Uh, like is this a Bridget Jones time travel podcast where like Bridget Jones, a Swedish Bridget goes back to the golden age of Hollywood love it. um and you know it's just berated by studio bosses you know i, like read, I would also yeah. listen to that
0: i respect that i respect that most people who have time travel would go back and kill hitler and i really ex- respect mm-hmm. that um this yes. person is pretending to be yeah, bridget bridget- jones in the right. pre-code no this is postcode so mm-hmm.
1: what are yeah. yeah bridget why do you think Bridget, bridget, bridget- would be interested in that bridget would be like no like she's like she would go back to like shag clark Abel. Or you know, something along those lines, um or to f- or to feel thin because she always reads about how you know, in the Marilyn Monroe era, you know, Kirby women were considered more desirable, so she'll be like, well, I should go back and like live that world, oh, yeah, so, yeah,
0: I like it, there's a lot of good hunks, some good hunks from mm-hmm. that era.
1: there's a lot of good hunks in that era for for Bridget to embarrass herself in front of, so yeah <laughs> just, and yeah,
0: it's not the u k <laughs> which is great,
1: yeah, no, fewer, fewer I, I can't think of many golden age UK hunks. I mean, you know, Lawrence Olivier was, was was handsome, but you know. Yeah. It has its limits.
0: He looks frail. You know, even though he played like <laughs> Lawrence, I think he looked like
1: a pushover.
0: I think most, yeah. I don't know what yeah. it is. But there's hunks now. Like the hunks, there's this movie's hunked out, I think.
1: This movie got a lot, it, it got considerably hunkier, you know, even though we, we no longer have our go-to hunk, but there, we have no scenes of Hugh Grant in a wet shirt. Uh -uh. Um, We instead have people's current sexiest man alive, Patrick Dempsey. Wait, is this 2023's sexiest (laughs) man alive? Your reaction was the reaction of the whole world when they (laughs) announced... That Patrick Dempsey was their choice for 2023 Sexiest Man Alive.
0: That's fascinating. I honestly like. That's a good word for it. It's it's sort of nice that a guy who's in his sixties. wait. He was born in like 1960, I think. So no, he's
1: I'm, yeah. I'm gonna say, is he in his early sixties? Like that's if so, that's wild. I was thinking 50s, but he's also. Been acting since the 80s, and that is hatefully 40 years ago. <sighs> uh, so let's see. Patrick I did. Um, I
0: looked it up because in this movie, by the way, this is one we'll have done. We're talking about Bridget Jones' diary. In this movie, Colin looks significantly older than Renee. Significantly.
1: It's very true. Okay. Patrick Dempsey, whose middle name probably is Galen. Patrick Galen Dempsey. Is is fifty-seven currently. Okay. Um and he's actually born in Lewiston, Maine. What? Yes. I had no idea. Wow. No, how about that? He was born just four days before my birthday. So we're both cap we're Capricorn brothers. And I I that that, that tracks. I will I, I'm glad to know he's in the fold with me. That's great.
0: Wow, what a yeah. that, that was amazing. I should Google more people more often. <laughs> that was so much information <laughs> that I all loved.
1: A wild ride. Uh yeah, he's he's a fascinating casting choice uh, uh in this movie for sure. Yeah.
0: Um what I just, I'm curious though like sexiest man alive. I feel like there's so many men on the planet. Um There are many men. Many did, hunks as we've said. Did you um like did you go deep into the reaction because I'm not really on a line. I'm curious like what a wild decision by people. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the reaction was was generally one of 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 befuddlement. Um, you know, not that anyone thinks that Patrick Dempsey is not sexy or not good looking. Yeah. Uh just like they could have, like, we all could have pictured this in like the height of the McDreamy era on Grey's Anatomy, which, you know, was maybe, I mean, the height of it was maybe 15 or more years ago. Yeah. So like that, that would have made sense. Patrick Dempsey in the height of his Grey's Anatomy mania, but Patrick Dempsey in his, in his Thanksgiving era, um, is, is. Is not like the most obvious choice, so I don't know if like he's just been on their list for a long time and mm-hmm. they like had someone drop out the last minute and they need a replacement. And Dempsey's like, yeah, dude, I'll do it. It feels like the shoot.
0: Yeah, it feels like um those actors that win that oh, the Oscar for being the guy that like best actor who didn't end up winning an Oscar yet. Or yeah, Cause... right.
1: It's it's po- it's political. It feels political.
0: It does, but uh, uh, I like it. I mean, he's he's not as dreamy as I wanted him to be in this movie. And maybe that's mm-hmm. okay. What are your, like... Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, it's a good... It's, I, I I found myself thinking that he, he came across to me very unlikable in this movie. He came across to me very smug. And I get that that's part of the character because in a way he's almost playing a, ver- a variation on Tom Cruise's Frank T.J. Mackey from Magnolia <laughs> sort of yeah like a less um awful version but still yeah um, right like less less openly misogynistic but like nonetheless um dubious yeah um and kind of smarmy uh, I mean like the way that he sort of I don't know he has he has this presence when he and Bridget first have their their meet cute at this music festival um he just comes across immediately a little too i don't know a little too sort of like cocky i'm the guy i'm hot you're into me um yeah it, it, it's it's not flattering um but and but also but he is hot and bridget is into him so it was mm-hmm. so he's, he's, you know, he's, he's not mistaken it's not like you know it's not like he's delusional um but yeah i i, I found him hot in this but i found his personality off-putting
0: yeah and i think it's weird because the the scene where he gets interviewed unless he's like doing um one of those things where he goes on a a letterman and pretends to be a different person Mm. that personality Mm -hmm. of him being like i just want to talk about my algorithm (laughs) but then he's like this like total slut at the music festival and it's just like it doesn't i would have understood i think the character didn't quite line up i think they just had like different versions of them that they wanted to use for different scenes because like when he's supporting her through her the pregnancy classes Mm -hmm. like he's very genuine and nice and but yeah he he sort of shifts and not in a way that makes any real sense um yeah but uh, it's who cares i guess he's 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 he's
1: also one of those like kind of just ubiquitous journeyman actors who we've had forever and have even have notable roles and yet i still think of him as like tv's patrick dempsey right like i don't think if you know it's almost like a james marsden type thing where it's like these are like men who we've had forever who are beautiful men who are talented but who and who are in a diverse array of different roles and yet like we don't think of them as great actors uh they seem some there's something interchangeable about them um they're just sort of just generically handsome and charming. And, you know, and are good utility players to kind of come in and do whatever needs to be done. And that's sort of, they're, they're, they're like handsome character actors, in a way. <laughs> yeah,
0: I really, I like that. That I mean, at least we do have men forever. That is nice. That's a nice comforting thing to know that mm-hmm. you'll always have. Patrick will always be there. But I wonder yeah, how, like, George, the same. George Clooney is an example of someone that somehow escaped being a TV actor and mm-hmm. very similar i mean i have never watched any of uh, i've watched a little bit of gray's anatomy i've mm-hmm. never seen a single episode of he was on er right george er mm-hmm. similar both doctor yeah. dramas
1: no it's very true it's very true they're both like yeah medical dramas that had romantic storylines and both the funny hunks. thing about patrick dempsey both hunks the funny thing about dempsey is that he was a movie star in the 80s uh he was in movies like can't buy me love like he was he was a budding movie star. But for some reason, it just never really took hold. He never had, he never found that role that turned him into like a, a true matinee idol movie star. Mm-hmm. Whereas Clooney did work his way up through TV. Like Clooney was exclusively a TV actor.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. And for, I mean, he was on Roseanne, he was on the Golden Girls, he was on so many different shows working his way up. And then ER just was one of those phenomenons, you know, phenomenons that you just can't, you just can't fake it and suddenly the, and then he got the he got that haircut and then it was over it was over for you hoes right he got the the, the roman the like the, the cropped haircut i can't remember what it was the grecian i can't remember what it was called <laughs> at the time but like the caesar the caesar cut yeah, yeah yeah he got the caesar cut and then it was all over uh, and then suddenly he was just rocking to fame i i uh, honestly
0: do you think that i was going to mention this before i think the haircuts on patrick are not flattering enough to propel maybe i just mm-hmm. haven't seen enough of his work but
1: uh, haircuts are important.
0: and I don't know that he's been styled well enough to because his his out his his wardrobe in this movie is ghastly, mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. weird blue button down shirt, um, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. no, it's interesting because it, Clooney had similarly sort of weighty hair when e r first started. But then when he got the Caesar cut, then suddenly he became like the world's like go-to heartthrob and be rocketed to movie fate movie stardom and 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 dempsey has kept the waves and i think the waves suit him i think he looks good with his hair i i i get it if you find a haircut anything works for you you're you're loathe to change it uh but you know he's almost re- hit this lisa renna thing where he's just had the same exact haircut for so long um that it's hard to think of him as being a you know sort of i don't know a a a rangy enough as an actor you're like oh well, you 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 book dempsey you get dempsey
0: right you get the waves you get the nice stubble I'm, he's good at the stubble did
1: you s- he's very good at the stubble yeah. did you see thanksgiving
0: i haven't yet it's it's one of those okay insane movies when i I hadn't heard anything about it i saw the trailer and i was like wait are, are you kidding me because this is now the how many movies from grindhouse have actually been now made into movies yeah. is it just machete it's- and and uh thanksgiving or do they do another apparently
1: one? hobo with a shotgun also started as a grindhouse trailer oh it did uh yeah which okay. i read that in a in review of thanksgiving recently and i'm just like i don't remember hobo with a shotgun being it but i guess it was and then and then of course machete had machete kills as well yeah there's uh, been so three, there's three of two, those right there's been three machete movies? maybe it's only two i
0: don't know Oof. but it, what
1: uh, it, so, it, yeah, it's insane, is
0: so yeah this like it's such a funny the whole bit is that these are unwatchable movies <laughs> right. and we're having fun poking fun at it and then Ah, uh, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's going to out. That trailer is. Uh, maybe I'll see it. Have you it's, seen Thanksgiving yet?
1: I have seen Thanksgiving. How yes. is it? It's good. It's a lot of fun. Okay. It's a lot of fun. It Great. is. It is a. It is a just true go for broke gore slasher movie. Like every single kill is like a very elaborate, incredibly brutal um, centerpiece scene. Great. So yeah, it really goes for it and Dempsey definitely has a very very key role in the whole movie um he and and, and it's possible that he'll be in the next one as well because they have greenlit a sequel because this movie did so well amazing so yeah, What's, is it, it see- going to be
0: another Thanksgiving themed one called like Thanksgiving 2 or is it going to move on to it like is it going to be like the Gary Marshall verse where it's going to suddenly s- switch into new holidays <laughs> <laughs>
1: i'm sure eli roth is asking himself that same question right now oh my god can like, you imagine if he goes to uh,
0: um whoever produced the like mother's day and new year's eve and and asks like is it okay if i sort of continue with the same series of actors but turn it into a gory horror movie oh my god ashton kutcher get the Kutcher. Oh, can back. you imagine
1: i mean to see yeah to see every cast member of like new year's eve like be brutally dispatched in a slasher movie oh, to dude. see leah Michelle uh would be worth the price of admission alone you get um, uh, both uh tailors back yeah both Taylors in there wait was that that was Gosh, valentine's day that was valentine's day all the same i i think it's a great idea and they, they they certainly have this set up to suggest that similarly to halloween you know that thanksgiving is sort of integral to the premise of, of and the killer's particular drive okay uh so uh so I, I could see them keeping going but i mean like eli Roth, he doesn't give a fuck no. so i'm sure give him a reason he'll do arbor day i don't know uh yeah I mean, there's there's lots of things that are wide open um mm-hmm. for 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 slasher potential
0: arbor day is actually a good one that's like a saw axe heavy yeah holiday that's feel, oh wait no, no, no true. wait no sorry it's not you're not cutting is that the one where you cut down <laughs> trees or you don't cut down trees
1: i think you shouldn't but that could be the whole angle yes um because like maybe like some some kids go into the woods and like cut down a tree on Arbor Day and then the killer is like going to like hunt down all the kids who cut down the tree easy you just did it um and is wearing a mask with like smokey the bear or something like that or that'd be he good that. or he could just mm-hmm. be dressed up as a tree you're dressed up as a tree yeah dressed up as just like a park ranger because in this the killer wears the mask of like a f- a Thanksgiving founding settler. Okay. Um, so yeah, Thanksgiving uh, too, Arbor Day. Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I love that. I think, that. And then, I, think I, I buy it in the room if I was an executive. I'd buy it in the room. So, okay. yeah.
2: <laughs> um
0: before we get back to Bridget, I'm curious um your thoughts on Hostel real quick.
1: So I've actually never seen Hostel.
0: Great. That's a quick
1: take and we're back to Bridget Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I saw like the first saw, which I know is not Eli Roth. So I never no. no, I never, I never I never saw Hostel. I I I I did not find it appealing. Okay. Uh the, the things I heard about it, I was like,
0: Interesting. I, okay. That's I what never was thought it out. I was curious because if you, you like Thanksgiving, I wasn't sure if that was just because you are into these sorts of things, but it's interesting that you don't really seem to like Eli Roth's gorier stuff and still like Thanksgiving.
1: My what I've heard about Hostel. Is that it's a bit more torture porny, um, and you tell me if you think that's true. um uh, What do you?
0: Th- I'm not really sure what the term means, to be honest, because I feel like that's most fair. horror is torture porn, in, unless it's yeah. like unless it's more like about like hallucinations and things that are like if, if it's more like, but if it's, it has to do with people getting murdered and and cut up, like you could argue that like Argento is torture porn. Like I, I don't really know mm-hmm. what the distinction where i don't know where the line gets drawn when it suddenly it's like "Ooh, this yeah. is too much for me and i'm now jacking off to um, yeah. stumps and blood but
1: sure I, mean, I feel like torture porn to me um i don't know if maybe it's where it crosses where the tone crosses from like the kind of slash movie where everyone in the audience is kind of like laughing and like, oh, yeah, right to if it just crosses over into a more just dark sadistic kind of tone
0: so is it that the audience is Seeing it as a pornographic enterprise, or that the people doing the violence—because that's the thing—is like it's disgusting, Mm -hmm. and it's not fun to sit through. It's actually, it's like sort of the opposite of pornography. And I mean, I don't uh, know—I don't even know what pornography is. Maybe there's a, a more. I think of pornography is a thing that you like to watch hey, because it's, it's like, the this is a fun thing. Right. right exactly. Here. Yeah. You get to jack right, off we'll, while you're we'll, watching something. You know, we might
1: only be here for a few seconds, but we're going to have fun <laughs> while we're doing it.
0: <laughs> but maybe there's like a, a more like pre- professorial definition of pornography. where mm. it's just like, mm, this is not useful. And this is, you know, this is. Well, hard. I think,
1: I think that maybe it's the gratuitousness that is maybe sort of being indicated by that term. Like. That to, to call it torture porn, you know, is to say that it's this just sort of just numbingly gratuitous, sadistic, painful depiction of like a character just being and, you know, maybe being held in captivity and endlessly just subjected for a very long stretch of time to horrific, like just unimaginable things like the kills in Thanksgiving are, are all like they're just kind of done. Like they start, you have just like a very high energy, yeah, one or two minutes of like action. Um, and then someone dies in like a horrifically bloody, gory way. But the tone of it is always very fun and light, if you know what I mean. You know, because like slashing movies, even though of course they're graphic, like slashing movies have like fun tones or they have just like just dark, like they want you to be disturbed tones. Like there's there's nothing disturbing about Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh, but like hostile some of the things i would hear about that especially from what i always heard about whatever happens to heather moderato's character people were like it's like disturbing yeah it's fucked
0: up it's definitely yeah. fucked up um I'm, I'm a big fan of like the new french extremity and weird Jackson sure sure. sure movies so that's it's up yeah. my alley but if you're not really in the mood for I mean, we talked about this well, three three episodes yeah exactly <laughs> we've talked about disgusting unpleasant filmmakers <laughs> i don't think eli roth is at the like clarity and level of being Mm -hmm. like interesting but i still i think hostile is a good movie
2: okay
0: if it makes me squirm these days we sort of talked about this last time like if 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 you sit through a movie and if a comedy makes you laugh like you have to at least give it credit for what it's doing if you're not in the mood Mm -hmm. to squirm don't watch it but if if a movie does the thing it's trying to do and you're down for it like that's a three at least. yeah yeah,
1: it's hard not to call it a success, right? Well, we'll put down the list for if the, if the next of Jones movie happens and it's made and I fly out so we can watch it together. We can also watch yeah, Hostel. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> um, this is your first time watching Baby, right? Or no. No, this is my first time watching it since it was in theaters. Okay. So, okay. I, I I went to like the press screening of it when it came out in 2016 and that I had, and I never have revisited it. So, this is my first time watching it in 7 years.
0: Okay. It's a it's a while. I was reading a little bit about production. It took five years to make because I, I don't really know it's all that vague like you know mm-hmm. peter feig was on board and then he quit because of what was it like professional differences or something right um yeah yeah uh hugh grant was yeah. on board and then he quit so uh, uh-huh. this this had I i don't know if you like looked into the production at all before you saw it six years ago or seven years ago but um it's a weird yeah. it seems like a weird journey to even get this movie in front of people yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, weird seems like the right term for it. I mean, it's, it's weird in so many levels. It's weird in that sense that all of these sequels that come over a decade after the last movie are weird, where it's like, okay, why are we reviving this franchise like, So, so, so many years after the last one, um, you know, which of course has become sort of an increasing um, occurrence, whether from blockbusters like Indiana Jones to kind of more failed delayed sequels like Basic Instinct Two. <laughs> um, you know, like it's 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 this strange thing of just revisiting i p so many years after it was last active. um just and people are like, okay, like is is are the executives just out of ideas, or was there actually like did somebody have a really good pitch on like what we can do next? um and then with with this in particular, there's as we alluded to last time, there's the strangeness that Helen Fielding had written a whole ass Bridget book. Three years before this movie came out, in which the character of Mark Darcy dies. Yeah. Uh and then just was like JK. Um, and then you know, as if there's actually a Bridget Jones multiverse, which is now that's fascinating. That's that's a good subject for a very excited to see what this next (laughs) the British Jones multiverse of madness. Um (laughs) is Mark alive? Is Mark dead? Is Daniel alive? Is Daniel dead? Um, it's, it's so very strange. Um, so, and I had read that book, Richard Jones, Mad About the Boy, and I got to go and actually meet her at like a, a book signing in San Francisco. Wait, you had said it. this? Yeah. Yeah. I got to go to, when the book came out, she did a book tour and she came to uh, a bookstore in San Francisco where I lived at the time. And I got to go and meet her and get the book signed. And it was a big day for me. Um, we, <laughs> big day, <laughs> big day for old Jason We had we had actually interacted on Twitter because she had started like a Bridget Jones Twitter account and then like and and she ended up following me. And so like I would always just be like just trying to get Bridget Jones to talk to me on Twitter. Because she of course was tweeting in in voice as Bridget and you know, which wound up becoming, I guess, the the raw material that made that very not great book. Uh, since a lot of like Bridget, like tinkering with Twitter and being like, what is it, you know, what is social media? Like, what are some great every woman Bridget observations I can make about social media? Um, you know, not terribly successful. Um, but yeah, no, so I did get to meet Helen Fielding and that was, that was a great joy. But then this screenplay, um, apparently who knows the actual, what she was working on first, whether she was working on the screenplay first, whether she was working on the, the third book first. Um, but of course, chronologically, they don't actually make sense in the order that they came out. Um, but I do know, to me, the most fascinating thing that I had forgotten about this movie and the screenplay is that not only is Emma Thompson in it, but that she actually polished the script.
0: She's a, she's um, awesome in this movie. She's so, she's good. so good.
1: And that's Emma that's, Thompson yeah. is a treasure, always and forever. I mean, she is, and she is, let's not forget, in addition to being an Oscar winning actress, an Oscar-winning screenwriter. What did uh, what she write? She won the adapted screenplay Oscar for *The Sense and Sensibility* screenplay. Oh, yes, yeah. Which she 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 fully was the lone adapting screenwriter on the the only Sense and Sensibility* film that she also starred in, and so she was nominated. I think it might be like a, a, a first for an actress because she was nominated for starring in the role and then also writing the movie.
0: That's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not cool. it's not cool that. It's the first time that's ever it, happened, but, right? Uh, yeah, it yeah. is. A, it's a weirdly rare. Yeah, it's not weird because of the system that uh, Hollywood is. Yeah. but yeah, that's crazy that so many men have in, been nominated for actor, writer, directors. Right. And this is the first time that's happened for.
2: Yeah,
1: and, and she and she was coming off of a streak of like Oscar history type things because just two years sooner, um, she made history along with Holly Hunter because in the same year they were both nominated for both lead and supporting actress. Whoa. Yes. Yes, uh, Holly for the Piano which she won for and the Firm and Supporting and then Emma for The Remains of the Day in lead and in the name of the Father in supporting. and Supporting. Mm-hmm. She lost both. But she had just won for Howard's yeah. End the year before that, so she's fine. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, those are similar
0: yeah. titles. What was it? In the Name of the Father and the And The
1: Remains of the Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're both of the Yeah. <laughs> they're both preposition movies. We did uh, um
0: we did The Firm recently on the show um yeah she's yes. great she's good Hunter is
1: unbelievable in that yeah. movie. yeah she's really good
0: what a fucking weird and, movie
1: and it was really the contrast between that role and her role in the piano in which she plays like a 19th century scottish mute mail order bride Damn. um <laughs> that, that really that was i think that's that really helped get to make it a home run uh for her at the oscars that year since the firm is like a quintessential southern holly hunter role
0: totally yeah she's so wild in that movie it's great yeah. yeah she's she's one of my favorite parts that mo- i don't really like it but she and um what's his name bushy no what? gary wasn't it gary oh is oh, gary Busey in that i can't who's, who's her who's the guy that she works along and is sucking oh, his, sucking his cock while right right she's under the desk yeah right yeah. i think it's gary <laughs> but who knows i'm bad with names i think Dude. i called peter paul paul feig peter earlier so yeah I'm, you,
1: I'm you not did kidding. i was not going to, i was not going to remark on it but please yes. remark you can always <laughs> remark i i i make
0: mistakes and i only get better when i learn from them it is gary
1: Busey who played eddie lomax yeah so yes incredible yes. they, they rule together yes they should have had
0: their own spin-off of the firm
1: <laughs> like i mean the she
0: freaks well yeah
1: i don't know it's crazy that gary Busey. i don't think he ever made like a cohen brothers movie did he like Holly Hunter, of course, is one of the great muses of the Cohen brothers. Yeah. Can you imagine her and Gary Busey in a Cohen movie together? That Absolutely. Be
0: That'd be so fucking good. Absolutely. So good. he's so a, good. He'd be a great Cohen. I mean, I don't know yeah. what's going on with those brothers anymore. I don't know. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. It
1: seems like they've gone their separate ways. Yeah. Which not is good. very. Did you watch Macbeth?
0: I did. I, I couldn't even finish it. It was so bad. I, I went well, not bad. I was just like, it, 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 was, it didn't do anything for me. I was just sitting there.
1: It was, yeah, it was, it was beautif- beautifully shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: beautifully shot. And then I'm just like, all right, this would be a nice paint, like, picture. I would look at one of these. Mm-hmm. I don't want to look at
1: millions of these. <laughs> I have, like, I have one of my, like, general hot takes is that I am not a fan ever of retaining original Shakespearean dialogue in a movie. Um, just, yeah. I'm, I'm just not. I just find it to be just an immediate barrier to emotional access.
0: I'd have to watch it again I think I've only been I think um, Hamlet is the only time I've ever like just sort of absorbed the emotion which one the Brad Inc one oh the Rana one okay. yeah I think he's the only one that I've ever just been like I don't really understand the words you're saying but you're passing the emotions through those words um, yeah where Kate I, Winslet was great in that yeah where I agree that most of the time it's just like yeah I don't like Shakespeare you know <laughs> yeah yeah Sorry.
1: i'm i'm right there with you i don't get yeah, it. i i do want to rewatch. Branagh had also done he did much do about nothing which i remember being a very frothy fun shakespeare mm-hmm. movie and he like did 93.
0: hamlet or he did um henry the, f- the fifth henry the fifth yeah
1: so mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and now he does the <laughs> the poirot films, oh my so. god what a <laughs> what a wacky
0: way to continue a career in being the from most... shakespeare
1: to thor to poirot yeah <laughs> it's a curious path that frana has gone down
0: yeah i'm into it and
1: he was in harry Potter, uh, right yeah that's right and he is emma thompson's ex-husband uh Ooh. so and he cheated on her with helenbaum carter and that is what led to the end of their marriage was that yeah. during harry potter
2: was no, he it was fucking, way
1: before um, that. Mrs. It was in Mrs. the 90s. Malfoy? Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was in the 90s. It was in the 90s. Uh, yeah. But there was... Ken and M were the height of, of British fame there for a while. Uh, wait, have you ever seen Dead Again? No, I haven't seen Dead Again. Okay. Check it on the list. It's a must-see. Okay. It is Rana Ken directed and stars in. Emma Thompson stars with him. It's in the height of their fame together. And it is a film noir. It is a it is a LA film noir with both of them doing um American accents. Incredible. And it has like a wild twist. And it is just it's just yeah, it's just it's like you won't even believe it's like a Cantorana film. It's so pulpy and so noir. That's great. um like right. yeah, it's yeah, check it out. It's on the check watch it list. Out.
0: He was in my favorite um, Grisham first movie the it was a gingerbread man yeah have you seen um, that
1: yeah i saw it when it came out not 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 a minute since but i saw it when it came out in like 96 or a year that was yeah that's mm-hmm.
0: a bit no one it's like for a robert altman movie it's just been thrown away i thought it was yeah. really good
1: that's right yeah it was altman yeah and, and Brad, yeah he's good in it too that's so
0: strange um great i'll, I'll definitely watch that again it sounds really nice and fun um but we haven't really talked too much about (laughs) our lady which is interesting because this is my favorite of the three and i don't know how you well you thought about it but uh, this was just like a breath of fresh air compared especially compared to the last one um and even compared to the first one i thought it really like improved the plot that the first one whatever was a little scattered and it was fine but this Mm -hmm. like really i don't know i was invested i was invested in in the whole story of what was happening yeah
1: I thought about that, and I'd love to hear more from you on how you how you thought it improved the first one. I know that the, I know you. We've we talked in the last episodes about the sort of essentially mm, the lack of a really clear linear narrative in the first two because they are more scattered in that diary entry way, yeah. where you have these sort of like these plot lines kind of come and go with like the different men in her life and her family stuff and her friends. And then the second one kind of continues at that pace, but then we also have like the, the wild you know Thai prison sequence, um, you know. So this one I do agree, and I, I thought this as I was rewatching it, it has by far the clearest, most focused narrative um, out of any of the three, and you know, and I think that maybe just the fact that they weren't working from a book, that it was just Helen Fielding just writing in a fully original for screen screenplay. Um, that like freed her up to think of it less as a diary book and more as just okay well now i'm writing a movie so it should have a clear narrative
0: yeah i don't know what i don't know what happened um and maybe it took the five years between right starting this project and ending it to really lock in what they wanted uh mm-hmm. but i i just i i don't know the tone of it from the start even was just like i love the way this franchised um the way that we got like the op the opening credit sequence of the first one and then updated to twenty sixteen. The soundtrack in this is not as good as the other two. It's like a quick like the beats mm-hmm. felt more
1: it's, it's, it's of its time. It's yeah. of its time.
0: Everything felt really polished in a way that usually yeah. it looks good, but the soundtrack was like I don't know. It didn't it didn't have the like more personal feel that I felt like, oh, this is what Bridget would be listening to. It felt more like what's yeah. a what's a hit we could throw in here for, for no real reason.
1: No, that's very spot on. And I mean, the second one had a lot of cover songs too. So it was like it was more current artists, and the production of the of the the production was current, but the songs were all like covers. So it made it feel yeah. both current and nostalgic. Yeah, which I think is a good thing for a rom com to go for for its, its 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 musical identity. And yeah, this one the, the soundtrack is just blaringly twenty sixteen. Totally. And and I think maybe in another ten years we'll look back and it will feel nostalgic. But I think we're Twenty sixteen is too is, is so it's too recent that it just feels kind of gauche now. We're just kind of cringe when we hear the hits of twenty sixteen. Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah. But um Ellie Golding, lots of Ellie Golding. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I found just so I'm not a huge screwball comedy fan. I find the whole mm-hmm. like, oh, isn't this funny that no one's talking to each other and this one mistake is sort of creating a snowball of torture and misery for everyone involved. It's fine. Uh not my favorite. Um, I don't like bringing up baby I don't really like that Mm. like that conceit Mm -hmm. of so the Mark Darcy Bridget Jones relationships in the first two are just like this endless if they just talk to each other this would get resolved and that's Mm -hmm. a there's like a brief moment of that in this movie but overall this is actually like Mark Darcy has met someone that is way better or Bridget Jones the rival is someone that's actually like seemingly much nicer than like a, a Daniel Cleaver
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And mm-hmm. when they they show the diary entry where she breaks up like the flashback to why she broke up with him, it's like, yeah, Mark Darcy's a dick. He right. is like a self-important, pompous loser that is like really keeps all of his emotions inside. And in the line where she's like, I feel alone even when I'm right next to you. It's like, yeah, I would break up with that guy too. Mm-hmm. And seeing yeah. him over this is like a journey for him where he realizes like at the end of this movie, he says, I know I keep my emotions like bottled up, but And then he doesn't even finish the sentence still. So he's still like his learning. I think this movie is much more, it's a great franchise because it really just takes like everything that I think is a part of the movie and then the first one. And they just updated it to actually tell a story that's much fuller than the first one Mm -hmm. ever really got to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, it it really, I I, I can't say that I prefer this to the first one, but I, I do think that as a film, it does work way better than I remembered. This when I watched this for the first time in the only lat time before this the one time watching it yesterday, I just was in physical pain the entire time. In that way, you can only be when you are very invested in these fictional characters. Yeah. And you feel a sense of ownership because you know, like I had been a reader since the nineties and, uh, you know, a fan of Bridget and like really just like one of the most foundational formative books for my sense of humor and, you know, just all these things. And I'm watching this and I'm just like, I don't know what I'm watching. This doesn't feel like Bridget to me. And, you know, and she doesn't look the same as she looked in the last two movies. And, you know, like it just felt, it just felt off to me. So I, I think that I was bound to hate it when I first watched it, because it was just, it was being, it was actually taking a lot of bold creative liberties with like what would bridget jones look like as a story in you know the the mid-teens in in 2016. watching it this time i was like this is actually a good movie i i noticed that like even its tomato meters score is like pretty high there like go. It, it, i i don't remember it being particularly well received i mean it was it was not a box office success but you know, because it turns out that people were not actually asking for another Richard Jones movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, we we would have been had our podcast this podcast existed back then, and now we are actively asking for a new Richard Jones movie. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the time, people were just like, eh, not not really feeling it. And also there was just the weirdness of just like Renee Zellweger having disappeared from the screen for a number totally. of years. Yeah. And and just a lot of questions around like her whole vibe, what her what her deal is. Um, so, you know, but watching it this time, I was like, okay, this is actually a really good movie. Um, it really does make just like some strong updates on Bridget where she is now like, maybe it's also just watching it now that I'm in my forties and I'm just kind of like, I can appreciate like the, the way that they've tried to make a 40 something Bridget work in this movie. I think she turns like 43. Totally. As this movie is beginning. Yeah, and you know, and I I'm turning 42 next month, so I'm like, okay, so now I'm once again like orbiting the sphere of where the character Bridget is mm, in her. That's really know, interesting. In her, yeah, in her life, and I can because they 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 don't want her to still be just like a laughing stock, and this is a point that I harped on endlessly in our episodes of just like my disconnect between her and the book where she is just a right. laughing stock and her in the movie where she's more of like a, a sympathetic human. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> So in this, like they want Bridget and Bridget to attain some level of 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 success and leadership at the at the TV network and you know the on the show she works on. Totally. It was really um, cool
0: to see her like in a position of leadership and actually making I mean, it's still fun, like the jokes are there and she's not always doing a yeah. great job. And like when she's on the phone. <laughs> right.
1: Which is hilarious. A funny
0: bit. Like I was actually <laughs> laughing way more than in the other two.
1: I was lolling quite a bit yeah. at all those misunderstandings. Uh but like the way really that her
0: me. her coworkers have her back and she's mm-hmm. actually like obviously successful even though she's still Bridget. Um I was way more into this character, especially because like her version of the book we talked on the first episode and the second episode like that British comedy style of having like a total nincompoop mm-hmm. be the one telling their own story and it's so like the narration is so out of skew from reality. And then mm-hmm. it's like really hard to translate that into a movie where you have to like have this person be like the main character and people are trying to like her more than hate her. Cause mm-hmm. British comedy is all about sort of hating the main character. And I think as a rom-com <laughs> they're trying to avoid that. So it's nice mm-hmm. to have this movie just be like, no, Bridget is cool. Bridget is yeah. capable. Bridget is fun. And she's still like the loving, like a goofball, but right. I, I i had way more fun and like the weird hipster shit was like <laughs> mild like maybe the most uninteresting i mean it, hey it brought on two of the most gorgeous men the the franchise has ever seen i think those little mustachio bearded guys they were they were handsome they yeah. were very
1: handsome uh i always feel so conflicted when i see men like that because i also have that same <laughs> voice from just like you look like a fucking idiot right but i'm also like also you're hot yeah and let's 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 bang
0: I did like uh, in the the scene where they're in the meeting, like the guy, yeah. one of
1: them seemed like really
0: supportive of Bridget in his weird silent nodding way.
1: You're like, I like that one. Yeah, <laughs> he's my favorite. Yeah, he's he's good at cop. You're the other one's bad at
0: cop. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, also, I, I started to correct you, but this on a on a budget of uh, thirty five million dollars, this made two twelve at the box office.
1: Oh. Uh, so, okay well i wonder well it was i know it was a bigger hit in the uk than the i think the domestic box office was not as high correct like the u.s box office
0: u.s box office but, was bad um so maybe it, that's what yeah, I, yeah i think it
1: broke records in the uk though i think it broke records for like highest first day ticket sales or something like that
0: yeah it was uh 24 in the u.s and canada and 60 in the uk and i guess um a bunch of other it did well in, yeah in other parts of in in, it uh, was profitable
1: that's great yeah know, that was profitable so the, uh so that means that we have an even better chance of there being that fourth one yeah 78
0: <laughs> percent uh, on rotten tomatoes
1: yeah why yeah, isn't that like i know i was like when i saw that i was like oh <laughs> that's not what i remember about the yeah. reception of this movie at all
0: yeah it has uh, a 59 on on metacritic and uh a b plus on cinema score so this is like a strangely I think a yeah. movie that no one ever talks about anymore. And no, it, had it its... was
1: such a blip in the U.S. when it came out, like a yeah. true blip.
2: And yet,
0: it's and it's I... one of those movies that people sort of liked. And oh. it's weird that uh, I've always sort of I've I guess I've avoided them because I'm not like a huge rom com person. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm super glad that I I stuck it out to get here because I <laughs> I don't know I think everyone's doing great work. Uh, the mom yeah. of character's oh. doing great work. Oh, she's so good. Ever it's it's. Uh, Emma
1: Jones is always a delight in these movies.
0: Yeah. It's a fun I think it's it's a movie that I would recommend. I would even go for I would say maybe don't even watch for my own personal thing like I think you could just jump in here because I think what another thing I really liked about this movie is that the Mark Darcy like she wanting to fuck Mark Darcy is sort of is nice. I like a mm-hmm. horny Bridget. But I prefer the Bridget that has already fucked Mark and been like, Mm -hmm. I don't really want to fuck Mark anymore. Mm -hmm. And then through this weird just like, it's less, the stakes are way lower in its own weird way, even though there's a pregnancy and a baby involved. It's just like (laughs) the heightened like, oh, I need to fuck Mark and I need to fuck Daniel. It's just like, she doesn't, she's sort of like gotten over her horny phase and she's now just like nicely horny rather than sort of just sadly horny.
1: Right. I mean, she's, 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 she's gotten dicked down a number of times now and she's, and she's less thirsty, you know, she is, yeah. she is more confident in herself as a sexual being. Um, and as she says in this movie, she has hit her goal weight and she's feeling good about herself.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there's, um, you know, there's a degree of even the way that she decides to ultimately handle the pregnancy, um, you know, not only keeping it, But, you know, by her own choice, but then just the way that she finally does, like, sit the the two perspective dads down to be like, here's what's happening. And, you know, and then entering this unusual arrangement where the three of them continue, um, you know, as she's preparing to give birth. Um, You know, I I found it like I found myself looking away at times because like the the, the awkwardness was so effectively communicated. And this is a return um, of Sharon McGuire, who directed the first one. Yeah. Um. And it does seem like she just ultimately is a better guy for this material than than Bevan Kidron had been when she came back in the second one. And I'm sure you noticed that when they have the flashbacks in this movie, it's like the second movie never happened.
0: Yes, I did notice
1: that. I think there it's might like have they been barely, one shot. Yeah, there's like one cutaway of like Bridget in the second movie, but like otherwise it's entirely the first one. So to your point, like you really could kind of just skip the second one. They don't really reference totally. any of the second movie story points like at all.
0: I think, yeah. And that's, I think, yeah, maybe I was a little too harsh to just skip right to three i think one three is like we've on the show we've done so many franchises where you can just skip a couple um Mm. this is a great example where the second one offered nothing i think it sort of didn't understand what the franchise was trying to accomplish and yeah you could erase you could erase two it's sort of like terminator like you could just erase Mm. two and it would be a much better world than we just go right from bridget jones diary to bridget jones baby we don't need i still don't know what the edge of reason means i still haven't figured it out that alone i'm just like let's get rid of this one until we figure out why did you actually did you ask um helen when you met her what the edge of reason was what the edge of reason
1: no no i did not um yeah i i mean i guess i always interpreted it as was just like a nod toward the absurdism of the plotting you know that now this is taking her past the edge of reason um you know and uh and and certainly it it seems like we would agree we thought that the second one went past the edge of reason Went,
0: yeah the book went past it in a fun way and the movie just like it was like hmm, just just did not know what to do with that edge yeah
1: yeah i uh yeah this i i I come back to thinking as you mentioned about how colin firth looks in this movie and i think there was always hugh grant always had an edge over him Mm -hmm. um in the previous films but Colin Firth was still a contender in this one (laughs) yeah like Dempsey's on screen you're not even looking at Colin Firth like you're just like Mm whose whose grandfather is Mm -hmm. that yeah (laughs) like that is not like it's a way that I mean I think Hugh Grant has joked about this like the way that British men age um you know like he I think maybe even in character I feel like in Love Actually he says something about like you know every year I look increasingly like my aunt Mildred Mm. Um, you know, it's yeah. it's uh <laughs> it's, he does it's have a sort of a,
0: a grandmotherly look to him in this movie. Mhm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, yeah.
0: He's still like he's for his age and comparison to the sexiest man of 2023, I think he's still like believably someone that Bridget would be into. But yeah. Yeah. It's um and maybe that's also the nice thing about Bridget getting older is that it isn't just all about you know a strong jawline and a big dick it's now like, what can exactly yeah what can mark offer me man when she Mm -hmm. chooses his hands (gasps) amy Mm -hmm. walked into the room for that scene she hadn't seen anything else and i was just like i was i gasped when when she reached out both hands for mark's right and she's like what's wrong
1: with you so yeah she just walked in there you were squealing at the end of romantic comedy yeah (laughs) She's like what's happened and i was like and i
0: told her the whole story about what happened and Mm. she was
1: she just left
0: yeah she went back to making plum puddings
1: (laughs) yeah i mean it's 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 so interesting and i think that there was always that one thing that the movie does not blow up is this kind of this binary that has been there since day one of the bad boy versus like the good boy Mm-hmm. um you know since daniel was always the bad boy who's bad for bridget but is sexy and who she wants to fuck um and then there's dan and then there's mark who is you know boring and stuffy and serious yeah um but who is is coded as husband material right but also um, bad for bridget like
0: yeah i think that's why i love this movie is that it understood like those are we were talking about those two two episodes in a row like Mm-hmm. the movie is sort of hard to understand because Mark is a piece of shit overall. Mm-hmm. Like he's sort of mm-hmm. nice, but he sucks. He doesn't really understand Bridget. And this movie fully acknowledges that Mark is a piece of shit. And I love that. It's great.
1: Yeah. End, but, and yet we're still meant to be overjoyed at the end that Bridget and Mark have, have ended up married.
0: And, but I think it, for me, it got to that place of earning it because mm. we see Mark, he gets all grumpy. Yeah. When, He's like, "Wait I used the dolphin condoms, and you didn't?" Oh, yeah, and, and like." <laughs> right. And then he goes away, and then like when there's scenes where he's just like, "No, I, I behaved badly, and well, maybe it never just gets that far, but like when she asks him, "Well, this turns out to be um, Jack's baby, like mm-hmm. is that okay?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, no, let's, like, I think he's actually invested in yeah. her in this movie in a way that I've never seen Mark Darcy.
1: Yeah, it's very, it's very, yeah, it's very cute. I love the scene of like, when he's watching her dancing at like the children's party. Yeah. And then they have the very awkward gangnam exchange. Yeah, uh, yeah. like That was just, a great scene. <laughs> Like that was that mo- that was a moment that really understood what would Bridget and Joan, what would Bridget and Mark in 2016 look like? Totally, Bridget dancing to Gangnam Style and Mark awkwardly volunteering that he's been to Gangnam. <laughs> like,
0: and honestly, that might be the best thing. I mean, I haven't watched all the YouTube videos that came out after Gangnam Style, but that mm-hmm. might be the best bit of um, cultural yeah. moment. Just like that was that came out of that. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. It was really funny. I- uh, that
1: was very really funny as well i also enjoyed well i think you know a, an element of mark being like conservative i feel like he flared whenever because i feel like the movie is kind of like having another running joke is this background of these like feminist activists like a pussy riot type oh, yeah, thing yeah, yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. going on in the background and at first when we first see them we see mark being very eye-rolly about it and i felt like we were supposed to be like laughing with mark in that moment but i was like well no this is mark being like a tory again yeah. um, but then in the end, like I loved the running joke of as everybody comes in one after the other in the delivery room, and they're just like, "Oh, there was this annoying like protest," and he's like, "It's quite important, actually." Yeah, uh, and just like repeatedly trying to explain that this is like an important feminist protest for women's rights. Yeah, and, like it was just great. It was also like I think that was even even that mini arc of Mark being like flustered and annoyed by these women. To like defending repeatedly their right to have this protest Um right. so all the British loved ones as they stream into the delivery room. Yeah, um, bits are good. Cute.
0: The bits are good, mm-hmm. and yeah, when he's like, "Oh, I wish I can't wait to get back to my next genocide case or whatever." <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ah. hell, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. um. I think he goes on a journey more than anyone else in the franchise, and uh, I think mm-hmm. he's maybe it's maybe it's I I don't know what that means that the man in the movie had the best journey because. <laughs> maybe it's just bridget was already sort of strong and she she yeah. needed she's already
1: sorted she's already sorted
0: i think that's the thing is the first one is like really going after that anxiety of what it's like to be a normal looking woman and being called fat your whole life and mm-hmm. that she actually is capable strong and and just needs to not hang out with people that reinforce all the terrible shit she keeps hearing where mark mm-hmm. darcy is actually a piece of shit and it takes three movies for him to finally reach a point where he is husband it's worthy. True. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, it's true because even like you said to your point that he is willing to humble himself to go along on this baby, on this mama calling for his other mama mia. Um, you know, and in in yet another story in which he is one of several possible fathers. Right. Um. So you know, like for him to for his character to humble himself and to not just storm away immediately and you know just be like I, I will not you know not right. You know, like he actually is willing to like humble himself and go on this very sort of borderline humiliating journey where, you know, like, um, you know, he is he is being mistaken for um, the the partner of Patrick Dempsey's character um, mm-hmm. when they're going for the, the Lamaze classes and everything, um, which I was like, well, this is hot. This is taking a turn for the hot. Yes, uh, <laughs> this is great. Let's get more of this. Yeah, more of this, please. Maybe you guys should kiss. I don't know. Uh, I thought that earlier. Uh, yeah.
0: When... Yeah, there was definitely a scene where I was like, this they could just be this this could be happening. They could be making out right now. I think it was during yeah. the right after the birth scene or I forget. Closer to the end, they were like yeah. friends again. And I was like, You mm. guys could just kiss
1: and make I up. So like you're looking at each other kind of longingly. Uh, you know, it's like and it's okay, like Bridget won't mind. <laughs> just go ahead. Yes. Uh, uh, I
0: think that's a great point too, is that like in one and two, if like they, they break up because she kissed someone. And in mm-hmm. this, it's like on the table that she fucked someone like a few days before they had sex. Right. And he's right. totally fine with that. Like he's mm-hmm. so much he's like such a mature person now. I really yeah. I, I love losing like the incel mark. And he's like mm-hmm. such a such a nicer guy. Yeah. They're both yeah. so nice. No,
1: they are. It's a great journey. It's a great journey that they have. Um I I did think circling back to the idea of like the the you know like the the mockery of like the hipster young new tv uh, uh, leadership like even though it did feel very like Gen X boomer like you know shaking its fist at youth culture at yeah, that point totally which which was very cringe I did think that the 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 female producer was a funny character overall and like yeah. when she has like the Hitler cat picture she wants to keep like throwing up in the middle of the interview <laughs> yeah. she's like Roy cute Hitler cat Hitler cat yeah uh it's 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 fucking funny like she is like the way the character is styled and presented and performed is just like a great parody of of this of the idea of this woman
2: yeah
0: the scene where bridget's like well, well you know when you youngsters finally figured out the decency yes. and it's like okay all right we get yeah it. it's like okay all
1: right okay boomer yeah all right. yeah that's, that's where it starts to get a little like <laughs> mm, yeah not needed not yeah that needed. was
0: a weird like a weird thing to throw in, but just a tiny blip of right. who, who it, cares. It it feels yeah.
1: like she should have then like turned around and like been humiliated herself. Like, exactly. been, like the movie's tone should have been that Bridget would then like the fact that it let her get away with this like kind of grandstanding moment of like moral superiority um was like okay, maybe the whole franchise has turned a little bit. Um, but but yeah, I know there's so many just inspired, you know, to your to use your word screwball kind of set pieces, like the dueling, um, you know, visits to the doctor with Emma Thompson, where mm-hmm. she has to f- pretend uh, that it's her first time seeing Bridget and this baby when she brings in each of the men. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's just ingenious. It's, it's 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 well beautifully written. It's beautifully acted. It's beautifully edited. Yeah. Um, Emma Thompson is truly a clutch. Fucking MVP.
0: so fun. Like when she when Mark's like, oh, I know you don't have to pretend. She's like, oh, fucking. Oh, great. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. She's
0: perfect. Yeah. She's a great. <laughs> yeah. Is that your MVP pick?
1: I, I think she is. I think she is. Um, I, 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 she just, Emma Thompson is one of my favorite people who's ever lived, just in general. And I, had, and I was just so delayed because I, when her name came up in the press, I was like, Emma Thompson is in this? Like I had fully forgotten. And then to see also that she had helped write it because Emma Thompson's background is actually in the UK comedy scene before she became known uh. as a serious, dramatic actress. Her, 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 all of her roots are in the UK comedy world of the 80s um so like that's kind of where she came from so like she is truly somebody who understands comedy and british comedy in particular yeah uh you so I think tell. she this
0: screenplay yeah. feels different this feels it like a, an elevated like i don't know the laughs per minute are mm-hmm. the ratio the, it's a higher laugh per minute lpms yeah. are up from especially <laughs> two, up. two is like a Shh. fucking I don't know. I don't know that I really yeah. laughed ever. It's no, <laughs> I'm coming it's, clean. I uh, yeah, it, that was a a dud. But yeah, this is funny. This is like uh, even just like a fucking FaceTime joke that works. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh yes,
1: right. <laughs> like, like it opens with
0: like a mom <laughs> FaceTiming, and you all you can see here is your ear. It's like okay, that's like. Uh, that shouldn't be as funny and then it's like she's like oh wait i got it figured out and then you just see right. what's his name pooping I'm like this is a d- right. got, we got a double a double facetime <laughs> right. joke which is a, a joke that Colin. should <laughs> right <laughs> those should never work um i don't know <laughs> mvps are tough this is like this and i also thanks for choosing an actual um person this time. I feel like you've chosen strange moments in the past, two. so this is big. That's true.
1: And it's been about music the last two, too, And but yeah. we made it very clear the music is actually the weakest player in oh, this Oh, right. That must so. be what happened. <laughs> no, we, although, of course, we do have the callback to my first MVP, which is the all-by-myself sing-along. Yeah.
0: But we have a, do have a rule that you can't do that, so thanks for oh, yes. Thanks for abiding. Well, yes.
1: and I, I would not choose it again. I'm just acknowledging that this movie takes it and then subverts it right away, and suddenly she's doing jump around by House of Pain instead yep. of all by myself which is how you know that's not going to be the same old Bridget.
0: It's true. And maybe the best updated music cue. I'm not quite I think that was the one that actually I mean it's not a song that I listen to regularly but No. I think Who among us does?
1: <laughs> it's not, it's not 1991. It is really it really did a throwback, but like in and, and I think probably when I was watching the movie, in the movie theater, I was like, Oh no, this is gonna be awful. This is trying so hard, it's being so cringe already. Yeah. Um but watching it this time, I was like, it's cute. It's a cute moment. Like how it's a it's a fine throwback song, especially since the rest of the songs, as we mentioned, are just this like this overproduced mid teens treacle.
0: Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I really I really like the Italian, the owner of the smallest Italian restaurant. I, I think this mm. movie does a recurring people best like it was really like to see him come back and deliver them yes he's funny but i don't know maybe that scene was just good like the moment when you finally learn that she needs to tell it's like the fact that they do it i don't know if that's ever happened to you it's never happened to me where like having two people at the same event not even if you're like like, fucking both of them they don't know but just like Mm -hmm. i I think that move that played out really well and that fucking Mm -hmm. guy the, the other guy yeah who she's just like botches his name is like oh why don't you talk to him for a while and then he wants to come i was like this guy rules this is like a bit this like feels like a 2016 bit rather than like a 1990s bit and i wonder yeah maybe there's just like so many people involved that so many ideas got pumped into it and then when they cleaned it up in 2016 they just like really honed everything down because that scene was funny i don't know i Maybe I just give it to Mark. I think I'm just going to be boring and give it to Mark Darcy Mm. because he's finally a person that I would like want to hang out with. Just seeing him being happy with Jack is like, wow, what Mm. a, like he, there's no fight scene. And yeah,
1: exactly. It seems like there's about to be at one point, but then it doesn't happen and that's growth. It's growth.
0: Yeah. The fact that like, I know it's like a thing like, Ooh, is she getting married to to Jack and he's holding the baby, but it's like, Mm. mm -hmm. but the fact that he's just like totally down with, his supposed yeah. rival being the best man at the wedding, basically. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Do you think it's whose baby it is? I mean, I it it, it
1: seems it at one point I did think that oh I'm like oh maybe it's like a really even more unconventional arrangement where you right. though it's Jack's baby that Bridget fell in love with Mark, so she's marrying Mark, and then her those will sort of this throuple relationship where she's married to Mark, and then Jack is the father of her baby, and so the three of them are just going to be in this kind of modern family arrangement. Um, But then they have that scene right afterward where yeah. Mark very clearly says to Jack, you know, he's like, "Right, what are you doing with my son? Or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah.
0: um, I could still see it being, I think the internet has weighed in that they oh. think that means that he's the biological father. It's on Wikipedia. I still could see this as Helen Fielding and everyone else being like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like he can call mm-hmm. uh, William. Named, wait, William was the name of the son? Oh, yeah. I think that's right. Okay. Yeah. They named Will, like, Mark can call William his son because he's married to Bridget now and they're the one that's actually mm-hmm. in a relationship, but that doesn't actually mean that right. he's the biological father. He could just be the the one that's sort of taking on the father role because, honestly, mm-hmm. Jack didn't seem like he wanted to be a father
1: anyway. He did not. He surely did not. Yeah, no, anything's possible. And then, of course, we do have the, the final twist uh, with the newspaper headline. Yes, great, love it. I feel bad for the boy though. When she,
0: when the wind machine blows the veil away, that I don't, oh, know, if, I don't yeah. know if you noticed, but that boy was not happy. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was like obviously <laughs> crying. They had to cut <laughs> when they come back to it. Like his eyes are are all bloodshot. It's like this boy had a really bad day. <laughs> child actors, man, child, child acting. This is this oh. is why
1: this is why these things happen. We wonder. It's very bad. Um, I I will say also my I have a runner up MVP and that is the actress who plays the on-air host who is Bridget's Mm. friend because she is fucking funny. Yes, Like the way that she had, the way she has to play every single scene where things are being mangled in her ear from Bridget and the way she just keeps that straight journalist face on and then like puts on the accusatory, like yes or no, yes or no, yes or no. Uh, She's so good. The the running bit of like how like it's not until the final seconds when she gets to an actual question and then they don't have time to answer it. She's like, (laughs) why? Yeah and she she's just hilarious she's great um, is she in stuff what who is she, she i'm sure if she's in this i'm sure she's gotta at least be in a bunch of like british tv shows or something i just don't know sarah her her most you know how imdb
0: ranks things by like the most, yeah british mm-hmm. jones's baby is her most popular movie oh
1: well she um, should get more work because she was hilarious
0: Oh, she was in Greed, which I I saw and liked the okay. the most. Uh, maybe not the most recent, but one of the more recent Michael Winterbottoms with with the Koogs. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? Right, she plays a billionaire. Right, I remember. I remember when. Oh gosh, did I watch it? I remember when it came out.
1: But yeah, I I enjoy Michael Winterbottom's work.
0: Yeah, it's it's um not his best, but still great. I I had a good okay. time with it because it's got you know it's got Cougs being. Uh, yeah he's being himself he's, he's very good I, I, I could see i
1: could see her and c coogan being very good together
2: uh,
0: on screen i haven't seen anything else this person has done i don't think and she's a riot great runner-up pick i normally don't allow a runner-up but <laughs> i will allow this one thank you lots thank of rules you. on the podcast
2: <laughs>
0: um, are you asking uh when will it end
1: You know, I guess I've pivoted because I I I had stopped, you know, I'd started asking when will it end at the end of the second one. Um and I even I think was saying that thinking that this next movie was going to be as (gasps) bad as I remembered it.
0: Wow, that's also against the rules. Thanks for owning up to it, but wow.
1: (laughs) I think I was asking when will because I, I, I knew, or at least in my mind, my my false memory uh, was that what was to come was going to be even worse. Mm. And so I was like, yes, please, when will it end? Um, but now having rewatched this film and, you know, and also, you know, just kind of secretly hoping there's a fourth film just so we can go and watch it together. I am no longer asking when will it end? It's amazing.
0: Yeah, Mm. I am too. This, this is my favorite of the three by far. And I'm having read the, beginning of mad about the boy i couldn't finish yeah. it because i found it really boring and not funny but yeah. having watched this movie i might actually try to finish the book because i'm all in now on a 50 i think she's like 50 in the book so actually the timing of it would work out pretty well mm-hmm. she has two kids they're both like tenish, ish mm-hmm. and mark darcy's dead like honestly yeah it sounds like a fucking i'm all about yeah. that i know i'm also cheating now thinking about the movie that's gonna <laughs> well no I guess since it doesn't exist yet I can fantasize and hope yeah, for things. No.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fantasize a way and and again, as we said, rules are suspended. Yeah. <laughs> rules are suspended right
0: I, now. I'm so I think this is gonna be like I think 2016 was a great like waiting for the shitty early teens to go away. Cause that has some like one of the worst comedy eras I I think. I know there's some good stuff that came out, but it was like a lot of gross shit still happening and i think mm-hmm. this was a really nice time to reboot the franchise and i think 10 years later it's gonna be well maybe not quite yeah it might be almost 10 years later so i'm yeah, i'm, I'm yeah. all in the chips yeah. are in this is
1: this is already seven years ago so yeah it's yeah. it's very possible
0: yeah and i'm here for it it means that we get to, to hang out in person and see it
1: exactly probably exactly. be on
0: the east coast but who knows maybe i'll be able to yeah get up to the Wherever. west coast You have more movie theaters in (laughs) in the West Coast, I think.
1: There are a lot of movie theaters that we can go and see it at. (laughs)
0: You can see it at every one, right?
1: (laughs) We can see it. We can just see it across town. Wow! Just, just, just theater hop. Just fully bridge it up.
0: Well, so this is sort of a weird place because there technically isn't a. yeah, there isn't a fourth one yet. So I think we have to sort of say this is the end of the franchise. Um, yeah. When, you're, when we reach the end, we do a, a ranking. I should have warned you, but there's only three oh, of them. I okay. feel like you could okay. probably put them together pretty quick. Yeah. And then we also do a series MVP where you choose mm. your overall, like the person or I guess a musical cue that <laughs> <laughs> meant the most to you or whatever you think the MVP yeah. is. Um, I can easily rank mine first. Um, I think I've already done it just by talking around it. Um, but um, top to bottom, yeah, (laughs) three, one, two, and three and one are really close. I really liked one. Mm -hmm. Um, two Mm -hmm. is like a, mm. but yeah, three. It it just brought it all together for me, and I'm I'm yeah excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Um, mine would be one, three, two. Yeah, that makes sense. I saw that coming too. Yeah.
2: Uh,
1: and then of series MVP, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess I have to. And this is, and this is, mm, do I go obvious or do I go less obvious? I think go with your, um, your heart. Yeah, you know, mm, go with your I heart. mean, my heart, my heart is that's for outweigh I mean, for yeah. for this Texan actress to like just come out of the blue to. Embody the most famous British female character Great of the last point. hundred years, yeah, love that um and to do it, like nothing that is wrong with the second movie has anything to do with her like no. she is still she is she is she is stellar in the second movie, like she uh, like she has such ridiculous things she has to do and 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 perform. And she even like has this inherent Britishness to her performances in these films too, because she's not reacting the way an American would. You know, she's not having like these like these over the top emotional American reactions. Like she's having these very clipped British reactions oh, totally. to things.
2: Yeah. yeah. But she's
1: still embodying like the emotional inferiority of that Britishness. Like it's just such a layered, considered performance that's still very funny. And you know, and then she was able to come back. You know, this movie. Was what like fourteen years or something after the previous one, yeah. and she had actually stopped acting for a long stretch of that. She came back, looks different than she looked before, and yet like she opens her mouth and like and suddenly you're right back with Bridget, like, yeah, like yeah, you know, yeah. like she she it, it it comes back and she shows the evolution of the character. Um, and I mean the first, the second film, maybe there's less evolution, but in this one, as we've been talking about, there's a very clear evolution. We see her now; she's she's like a grown responsible adult who has fought for a place in her career in her personal life and has learned how to like prioritize her own happiness and i think that that comes through in her performance in a really just subtle but powerful way yeah I so I, it. I i can't i can't not give it to renee
0: yeah um i'm gonna be boring and agree i think uh this really is i don't think i've given her the mvp for a yeah. movie yet i mean you sort of have with the drum thing but it's like right I think this movie works on a movie level because it's like so many fun characters like the friends are back in this movie which we haven't really talked about mm-hmm. but I love that the friends are they're not as big as the first one but they're back and that was nice. Mm-hmm. But this is this is like her story and to see the evolution of a weird satire of British anxiety like misogyny and anxiety to turn that actually into a character that I'm actually like invested in. Um, Mm -hmm. in a way that's not just like, oh, it's funny to sort of see this person navigate life. It's like, oh, I actually want to see what that navigation looks like. Um, and I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, it's, you know, I'm sure someone else could have done it, but she fucking nailed it. Especially as you mentioned a couple of times, like for an actor, that's one of the weirdest actors, just like the career, just like she's suddenly gone. Everyone's like, all they talk about is what she looks like. It's like such a Mm -hmm. strange journey that she had to go on to even be in these movies and it's uh it's it it was worth it it was it's was great so renee i'm excited for your return in uh mad about the boy which is a- <laughs> what
1: is B- bj4 <laughs>
0: I just call it bj4 i like that yeah word, bj4 <laughs> Mad <laughs> about the boy not great not um great. you haven't binged lately right still no binges no we're,
1: we're <laughs> yeah i don't think we've taped a single episode since you and i started taping these okay um i although we have one scheduled i think we're going to try to do one next sunday um and you know we need to like knock out a bunch of prestige end of year titles um and then rebecca is then like, gonna be out of town for like a month and so uh, so we're not gonna be able to like tape our year-end list until oh, no. like probably probably mid to late january <laughs> Uh, so we'll see but we're at least gonna do a lot of like you know high profile movies um uh next week like we're going to do like may december we're going yeah we're going to do uh let's see what else okay so yeah so we're gonna be doing may december Saltburn, maestro Mm. eileen oh hell yeah i'm so excited about eileen i fucking loved it oh
0: good Yeah, she's one of. I I hadn't read. I think I read her last year for the first time. That author, and I just mm -hmm. like whipped through all of her books. I she's incredible, and I'm really excited to see this movie.
1: I I really liked it. Um, it is it is a surprising movie.
0: Cool, great, and yeah, yeah, Salper looks awesome too. I hope that was. It is horny as hell. Great. Uh,
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Cool. Well, uh, this I'm sure these episodes will actually come out after, the the the. hoping. So yes, I hope so. So this so, will be something that people can uh hear right. now and uh I've already listened to or maybe go check out. Um but Jason, thanks so much. This has been a hoot. I've never I probably yeah. never I would have got my whole life without watching these movies, and <laughs> I'm uh the better for having done it. So thanks for introducing Bridget to me.
1: I mean, it's been my pleasure and uh and and hopefully we'll find some other franchise that we can do in the future. Hell yeah.
0: I love it. Um great. Well, this will be fun, and if you ever need a I guess I mean I'm not I don't have yeah. to be forward, but if you ever need a binge yeah. um, guest, feel free to hit me up, be happy Thank to you, um, you know add some nonsense, add my own nonsense to <laughs> to your um, to your show. Thank you so much. All right, well, I have no idea what's next, so uh, this is a fun place to end, and um, yeah, maybe honestly, this might be the last episode of when will it end? Wow. Crazy until, well, until really? BJ four, right? <laughs> so if you like the show, you just you just gotta wait out for BJ four.
1: Just yep, send right right Congress yes, and and demand BJ four go into production. <laughs> just <laughs> phrase it
0: exactly <laughs> like that.
1: See, They'll BJ4. know what they need. Please. Yeah. <laughs>